Hi, I'm Tennille. And I'm Kelsey. And we're financial advisors from Allman Partners True Wealth, bringing you thought-provoking conversations around you, your money and your life on the Wealth Experience Podcast. Welcome to the Wealth Experience Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about delayed gratification and how this relates to building or perhaps not building your wealth. So, Tanil, you're joining me again today, and whilst we're not necessarily of the generation of pre-technology, um, we certainly still remember the days of dial-up internet, um, CD Walkmans, and only having four or five channels to choose from in our you, life. So You remember that? I actually remember the house that I first lived in had one of those telephones with the, the circle bits that you needed to turn them around to make phone calls, and I loved calling my grandmother on that. That, that was really fun to me, but I guess people don't even know what landlines are anymore. They don't. No, you're right. Well, I don't remember having that phone, but I know exactly what you're talking about. They're pretty cool to have in your home nowadays as, a, as an antique. Um, but what it does mean is that we're seeing an evolution in today's society that everything is instant, it's disposable. And people are consuming a hell of a lot more and what that means is people are spending more and they're not really making conscious and well thought through decisions necessarily when they're, when they're buying things nowadays. And I think that this new world is definitely becoming harder and harder for the younger generation to practice delayed gratification in their lives. Um, and it's it's always then the small decisions that you make day to day that have the greatest impact on your long-term financial health. So I think it's a really important topic that we discuss. Um, you know, there's, there's certainly some stats out there, which I'm going to give to you. Some of you might have heard of the marshmallow test um, that a Stanford psychologist um, did many years ago when he put some marshmallows in front of the kids and they was told if they didn't touch it for 15 minutes while he left the room that they could have two on his return. Um, and for the kids that did wait for him to return and they got their two marshmallows... They practice delayed gratification and the stats do show that people that have done that, you know, they've got higher education levels, um, higher capacity to handle stress, lower BMI, lower divorce rates apparently. I'm not too sure how this all all feeds in but um, it does mean that you can have more successful long-term outcomes by just practicing the delayed gratification. So, Tanil, I'm interested, Kels, have you mm. tried that technique with your daughter yet? No, but I'm going to. I was thinking about this last night. I don't know how she would go. I, think, I don't. I don't know. I think it'll be a good test for you to put down. You know, you've got some good stats there to see. <laughs> Can we get Summer to do this as well? I think we should give it a go. That's for sure. So, Janelle, is there anything that you talk about with your clients on a? You know, when you're thinking about these practices, when you're talking about cash flow, perhaps, and you know where people's money's going and how they're spending, is there anything that you mention in this space to them? Yeah. Look, I think the delay gratification is a really important and interesting topic. Um, because sometimes it can feel a little bit generational, like you say, um, if we think back to the baby boomers, uh, I think that they showed us a lot of delayed gratification. You know, they, mm. they went out there, they worked hard, they saved their money, they put everything they had into their first home at a time where, and we hear it all the time, when interest rates were just absolutely through <laughs> the roof. Um, and, you know, worked, worked, worked their bums off, really. Um, in the younger generations now, you're right, everything's at our fingertips. Uh, I can buy things online. Um, I know that, it, you know, it's, it's simple. It's simple kind of kind of conversations that we're having. So mm. if I just, I love coffee and we happen to have an amazing coffee machine at work, but do you know how many times a week I still buy coffee? It's a, it's a good few um, because when I'm going past and I go, oh, I really like the coffees that they make there because they put that little bit of 
real chocolate sauce in it. Mm, it's um, never the same when you try and do it yourself. No, it's not. And and if I thought about the amount of times that I buy coffee, if I just stopped spending on that and put aside my $6 per coffee, which makes me want to fall off my chair, um, $30 a week, it's all going to stack up at the end of the day. So, that you know, there's simple, simple ways to think about that delayed gratification. And I think I'm t- we're talking a lot about food here, but I'm going to talk about <laughs> another one. Um, You can translate what you're doing in a non-financial sense across to your financial world as well. Um, How good are you at buying a chocolate bar or ice cream and then just taking a little bit of it and leaving the rest for the week? Terrible. Doesn't last very long in our house. <laughs> I always think that this is one of those good tests because it, it's it's simple things like this that, that you can use. And, and you might use this as well to, we're talking about kids, so let, let's use this to try and um, teach people delay gratification in another way. So if mm. I can eat those, you know, one, one of the block, one of the rows of chocolate and leave the rest for the rest of the week, it means that I've got chocolate for the whole week and I don't have to go out and spend extra money and gorge on the, on the whole chocolate bar tonight and then go get some more. Yeah, and, and put on weight in the process too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think a lot of, of that is discipline as well. I think a lot of things come down to when people are successful in whatever that may be and whatever that looks like to them, it comes down to discipline. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's probably having a, a conscious thought process, I think, when you're going, I'm looking at this, like, I want these clothes or, you know, I want this and I want it now because it's in front of me. Yeah. But you've got to really take it back to how important is this and what does this take away from that's in the right. future. And there's a, a, a common question that we get about, um, you know, am I am I at the right age to be investing? So that's a, that's one you mm. probably get a lot. Mm. Um, it, especially if you've got somebody that maybe is a bit a bit younger, they're in their 30s or early 40s or um, and they're wanting to know how do I stack up statistically speaking. Um, I think that's a really good one to talk about how delayed gratification can help in the long run because when we're talking about that from an investing sense now Mm -hmm. if I start earlier on I will be better off that someone that starts later on that's not saying that somebody that starts later on is not going to achieve all the things they want to because they absolutely can but it's saying that if I am going to put aside a thousand dollars a week or a a month or or whatever that might be Mm -hmm. Um, and I start that from the time I'm 30, I'm much more likely to have a higher sum of money than somebody that starts even 10 years later, even if they're saving a bit more than me. That's right. And it comes back to that saying is the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. <laughs> and then the second best time to plant a tree is today. Yeah. I like that saying. I haven't mm. heard that one, but I'm going to use it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and I think we're making this sound really easy, but, you know, the reality is that it's hard. You know, it's, it's something that's so simple just, you know, stop spending on all these things that you perhaps don't need right now. But anything that's, you know, not easy, you know, is worthwhile. Absolutely. In the long run. Mm. Absolutely. And a spending is a really interesting one. I, I think maybe we should talk a little bit about buy now, pay later. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. They make me cringe quite a bit. <laughs> you know, I, I think we are already in a society that it's hard to get good financial education. I mean, we went through school and there wasn't, there wasn't a program that said this is how you save money and this is how credit and debits work and um, and financial literacy is a real issue. Yeah. Um, and, and hence a lot of people are, are turning to podcasts and books and the, the media and Facebook and all sorts of different places. Um, 
But now that we have everything at our fingertips um, and I can do the complete opposite of what I should be doing, which is saving up and then buying the things that I want to buy. Yep. Um, and that doesn't work for everyone. We know that some for some people, I can have a credit card and I can live off that every month and then pay it off at the end of the month. Yep. And for somebody else, that's a complete disaster. And they'll end up with, with debts everywhere that need consolidating and need thinking about. Mm -hmm. um, because people, people work differently. And I think we're going to talk um, on another podcast a little bit about that psychology behind money. Yes. Um, but... Those those pay now, uh, sorry buy now pay later situations are really uh, can be quite stressful. I think for eighteen to twenty four year olds, I saw an article that came out from AFR, and they mentioned that in that age graph, uh, demographic, um, one in four, so twenty five percent of them, experienced financial difficulties in the past two years or extreme financial difficulties in the past two years wow. that we're using these kinds of buy now, pay later situations. Um, so the complete inverse is correct too. That delayed gratification, yes, once we get there, we get this feeling of euphoria that we've achieved it and look what I've done and I've, and I've gotten to that goal. But these buy now, pay later situations doing the complete opposite, creating huge levels of stresses. Uh, we already know that we're in a high stress world that we live in these days. Mm. That's These can really add to it. Um, so it's a cautionary tale as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, that there needs to be a certain level of responsibility there because you know, they're a business, but they are promoting themselves and they promote themselves to a particular demographic that are highly susceptible to using that product perhaps without thinking through the impact that that really does have on, on society. And I know that um, there was in the UK lots of these types of things many years ago and they don't exist anymore yeah. because of the, the issues that it causes That's for people. Right. So That's know. right. And it's, it's a, a, a demographic too that they've just, they've just met adulthood and they're faced with so many difficulties in life about how, how do I be an adult now um, not to mention starting out in a place of debt mm. you know that's not where we want to be nobody really wants to be in that situation I wouldn't I wouldn't assume um, so again I think I think delay gratification if we can start that process early on in simple simple ways and just put a couple dollars aside um, not spend everything that's in in the bank if I've you know got a situation where I can uh, grab the extra cream off the top and, and push that aside into a high interest earning account so that I can afford to go out and get the things I want a little bit later on down the track, I will mm. be better off for it. That's right. And I think as well, it's actually important to know, well, how long do I actually have to wait? Yeah. If, if I'm if I'm practicing this, how long is this going to take me? So sometimes you might need a little bit of structure, you know, and an advisor can certainly help you in that space. But if you don't have an advisor, you can certainly budget and have a plan of what is your goal? When do you want to achieve it by? And then how do you make those small steps along the way? So I think if you're doing it with no end game in mind, mm. it's harder to not stick to it. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely right. And um, relationship-wise as well. So um, if, you, if you're in a relationship, having those conversations about how you each treat money and um, – you know, I'm not saying that every relationship needs to go and have joint bank accounts and, and join the whole situation together and um, make it all happen that way. But holding one another to account to these things can actually make delayed gratification easier to achieve. That's right. Absolutely. You've, you've certainly got to be on the same page yeah. in that respect. Yeah. Um, and as well, you know, you've got to find balance. You've got to know, well, what are those splurge items going to be for me and when am I going to do that? <laughs> because it can't all be no fun. You've got to have some fun along the way, right? All right, I'll go get that chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Janelle, is there any other tips that you, you would kind of give your, give your clients, do you think, or 
Is it more just about the mindset, having a goal, having a plan and just thinking through your decisions? Yeah, look, mm. a, a lot of it's um, the coach. So um, holding one another to account is great. Having somebody else that's completely third party that can can test you on that, and that doesn't need to be a specialist. Mm. Um, it may be somebody in your family that you trust, or or a friend, or um, you know, backyard barbecues are not always the best place for <laughs> financial literacy. Um, but you might have somebody there that um, that you do meet up with regularly and kind of go, well, you know, we we'd said that this was the goal that we wanted to achieve. Um, I put a bit of a plan in place for it, and this is this is how I'm going with it. I think it. I think if we take the stigma away from speaking about finances um, and and opening that up a bit more, mm. uh, that will help people a lot. Absolutely, it's an interesting point because it is still one of those things that are quite it's quite private. Mm. It's quite private, and people don't really want to address it. Yeah, and it do, it, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't mm. be. Um, it, I mean, certain aspects, of course. You know, people don't go around sprouting how much <laughs> they're earning and what they've got in their bank accounts. But, um, but the idea of being able to talk about uh, what what tips may work, and and this is not saying that everybody's the same because everybody is different. Uh, but if we if we are more open with the concepts of money, mm. uh, then I think. The, the conversations that flow will be more beneficial and, and resources that have worked really well for, for some people can be passed along to others as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And I think, um, look, we'll probably wrap that up for today in, in that space. And we've got some more tangents that we're going to go on in the other podcasts in, in relation to this space. Um, like you'd mentioned with the psychology of money too, because that definitely does play a big part. So um, thank you for listening today to the Wealth Experience podcast and join us again. The opinions of the presenters are objectively ascertainable and are not intended to be financial product or personal advice. 